The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Good Saturday morning. Once again, we have a boatload of material to unload on you today. In a good sense, lots of great things to talk about here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Yes, my name is Rick Samprin. He is Rob Golfy, sales representative. Remax is Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. You can call the number one Remax team in Canada. That's the Golfy team, 905 575 7700. That's 905-575-7700. you got to go to the website and check out the hottest listings in town. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's RobGolfie.com. You can follow the Golfie team on virtually every social media platform from TikTok to Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Follow them, give them a like, and check out what's going on in our community real estate related. Also, if you have a topic idea for a future show or you have a question that you would like Rob and the gang to answer, on a future show, send them an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. We've had a wonderful list of questions over the years, and you can uh, join that list as well. Also, if you want an instant home estimate, go online to golfiehomevalue.com and get some details that uh, might uh, pique your interest in getting your home on the market. Rob, you've had a busy, a busy few days here. You're fresh off a, a pretty cool trip. Yeah, yeah. I just came back from Vancouver, but we flew to uh, Calgary, and then uh, and then we took uh, a rented a car, and went to Banff, and we did the uh, Rocky Mountaineer train ride from uh, uh, Banff to uh, Va- uh, Vancouver, which was unbelievable. Uh, it, it was it was it was a fantastic fantastic uh, trip. Uh, we uh, we got to see uh, Banff was a gorgeous city. I, I understand why a lot of young people want to move out to uh, Calgary. I, I get it. Uh, and then I know uh, the, uh, the Alberta government is is trying to you know sway people to come out there. It is beautiful. You go there for one visit and you're thinking, wow, this would be a nice place to live. And uh, but uh, I saw Lake Louise, which if anybody, I, I think that was probably the most breathtaking uh, view all my travels that I've ever seen. It's just it, it, Lake Louise, Google it and, and take, you know, and, and look at it. And it's unbelievable. Like it, the way the pictures come out is exactly the way it is in real life, like the colors and everything. Uh, it was just gorgeous now. And then we got there when the trees are just starting to, you know, turn color. So we had nice, beautiful fall colors. And, uh, the weather was fantastic. I packed sweaters, everything to be, you know, t- so that I'd be warm. But meanwhile, every- I needed t-shirts <laughs> because it was t-shirt weather for the, for the whole week. And, uh, but anyway, it was, it was an incredible, uh, train ride. Um, we had, you know, glass, you sit up above and you got glass all the way around and you go through all the, 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 mount- the Rocky mountains and everything, just unbelievable scenery and, and you see wildlife and it's just, it was just a, a great experience uh, to experience something in Canada. And uh, then we ended up spending two, uh, two days uh, at the end in Vancouver and met up uh, some, my old buddy that I always talk to uh, and uh, yeah, just, you know, caught up and, 
and went to Whistler also. We were with another couple. They'd never been to Whistler. And I said, hey, let's go to Whistler. I've been there a few times, and uh, Whistler's beautiful. So it was a great West Western trip, and I truly advise check out Banff. Everybody talked about it to me before. I just, I didn't, you know, you know, you just wing it off there. But yeah, you got to be there. You got to be there. But it was a gorgeous, gorgeous town and Lake Louise was gorgeous. So definitely worth a trip to go, especially just to Banff alone. Um, if, if you're planning to go to, uh, Alberta. How long was the train ride from Banff to Vancouver? And, and was it nonstop? It was, it was nonstop. So we got on, um, they, they, we met on, on the train, uh, at, at, at the hotel at seven o'clock and they are sharp with their time. Right. So, and then we, and then I think we left probably about eight o'clock from Banff. Uh, but we met at the hotel at seven and, and they would bust everybody. Nine, they, they, they had 900 people on this train. Wow. They had like, like the train carts. It was a long train. And, uh, and we had our own cart. You know, so above we'd sit and then below was the dining cart. And we, we go from eight in the morning, uh, probably till, I think it was probably five or six, six o'clock the first day. And the second day, same thing. Uh, you, you meet at the hotel, you gotta be there at seven bang on. And then they cart you to the, to the train station. And then at eight o'clock, I think you leave. The second day was a long day because, uh, some, in some areas there's only one track. And, uh, so if there's another train upcoming up ahead, uh, you have to pull over on the side, wait till that goes by and stuff like that. So the second day dragged out a lot longer, which was a little bit kind of restless for me, especially with my ADD and ADHD, right? So <laughs> you want to get going, train. right? Yeah, I want to, let's get this train moving. <laughs> so, uh, it, uh, it was, so the, the second day ended, uh, probably about, uh, eight o'clock at night and it should have ended around five, five or six. And, uh, and it, and it, you know, so that's, it was a little longer, but again, um, it, you know, you know, you can, you know, they had lots of food on the train and it was all inclusive. All, you know, you they had wine, uh, all d- different mixed drinks and, and alcohol drinks if you wanted. And, uh, but it, it was good. It was a good experience. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it very much and I'm glad I did it. And, uh, it was, it was great to see the Rocky mountains. Like you literally were in the Rocky mountains going and the train goes, you know, it's, it's swirling around the mountains, eh? And it's going through tunnels and mm-hmm. everything else like that. And they would, they would talk about the, you know, the different things that happened, uh, through, you know, different parts, uh, uh, through the Rocky mountains. And in one part, uh, they actually filmed Ra- um, uh, Rambo in, in a town called hope in, oh. uh, I think was that in, Cal- that was in Vancouver, I think, uh, as you're going through the, the um, the train ride. And, you know, they would show, you know, tell us this in this area was, uh, you know, where Rambo was filmed. And it just so happens, um, the next day, uh, you know, as we put, they were having a big 40th anniversary in the town of hope of, uh, Rambo. I mean, they made a big thing of it out there and it, it, you would hear it on the news and everything, but it was, it was, it was a fantastic trip. Like it just, uh, you know, Uh, we should get to know more of our own country versus, you know, flying to different other countries. It wasn't cheap. I I, I have to admit though, in Canada, it is not cheap to uh, travel in Canada. Uh, I think I probably could have gone to uh, Europe for a week (laughs) (laughs) for one week for the same amount of money. I didn't expect it to be as expensive 
but it, it, it was well, well worth it, though. Yeah. Very well worth it. It is a, uh, an item on your bucket list, I'm sure. It's been crossed off, and it's, uh, it's nice to hear that uh, you had a great time. And the weather participated as well, because that's always a big factor, too. Let's bring it to, back yeah. to home, and we have some uh, real estate statistics to tackle for the month of September. And we're seeing some, well, a couple of ups here and there, but for the most part, a lot of downs in September. It looks like it was a pretty tough month. Yeah, it was a pretty tough month. If we go year over year, um, we're going to see, you know, a combination of uh, everything's been down, like, you know, like Ancaster, uh, uh, you know, and I'm basing September over September. Uh, Ancaster was down 8% from last year of average sale price. Uh, you know, like, la- like in 2021, the average sale price in Ancaster is 1134000 Now it's $1,048,000. But um, Dundas was up 10%, but they don't do that many sales. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like Dundas only had 11 sales in uh, September. So, so that's what's going to drive the price up. Same thing with Glamborough, not that many sales because they had more sales last year in September. Uh, Glambrook's down 9%. Uh, Hamilton in general, uh, year over year, 5% down. And Stony Creek down 5%. Um, what else was there? Um, I found that Oakville up 4%. Um, and, uh, where is Burlington here? Burlington is down 1% year over year. So mm. the higher end homes seem to, uh, they were hanging on pretty strong. Uh, Brantford's down 6% from September over September. And, uh, the biggest one was a downfall of Fawn Hill Pelham, which is a high end area. September over September, uh, tw- down 22%. Lincoln was down 26%. Like, like Niagara is taking a beating and, uh, uh, just because they, they have to readjust itself. Now, it's always a ripple effect coming from Toronto. Toronto usually gets the brunt of the, of the hit, and then it ripples down towards Hamilton, and then we get it, and then, and then uh, Niagara ends up getting the, the last end of it. So right now, if we compare uh, uh, August versus September, uh, Hamilton is up 2% based from August numbers to September of this year. Hmm. Uh, Burlington's up 2%. Brantford's down 9% month over month. Uh, 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 so they're readjusting itself. St. Catherine's up 2%. Niagara Falls kind of balanced itself out from September to August to September. And uh, Oakville was down 1%. Toronto is up 6% from uh, August to September. I mean, September to August. So I think we kind of almost uh, flatlined or, or kind of landed. And I, and, uh, so I, I truly feel that, um, I think we hit the brunt of it. I, and I, 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 I'm basically saying like, don't be afraid to jump into the market. The only, the only people that think that people will be scared of is obviously the interest rates and that are causing it. But overall, I'm hoping that it doesn't come down anymore. Like we're, we're kind of balanced out right now, Rick. We're, we're seeing a, f- a lot fewer sales and, and does that mean that there are much fewer listings on the market? More listings on the market and yes, fewer sales are happening. Uh, a lot of people are, uh, a lot of brokerage brokerages and, and agents are comparing themselves from 2019 and wiping out the next two years, uh, wiping out 2021. Uh, just because it, it, those were unrealistic years, you know, we had COVID and we had the, the boom. So they're basically saying, okay, let's go from the normal market to uh, our normal market now. Well, almost now uh, the second half of the year, basically. But uh, yeah, like it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, things are, are adjusting itself. Now we just got to get the confidence back into, into the uh, consumer. 
Lots to come on the show. We'll talk about a um, a secondary home bylaw. We'll talk about interest rates. Also in the discussion wheel is uh, a condo or uh, perhaps maybe not a condo in this community that we'll talk to as well. And coming up next, we'll talk about reading, why it's important to read the offer and and listen to what uh, are is included in the offer for perhaps the home that you are trying to sell. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. A house in the middle of a street. A house in the middle of a Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can visit their website at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. You can follow the Golfie team on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. Give them a follow. Give them a like as well. And if you want an instant home estimate, you're wondering, hmm, where how much my home can go for on the market? Well, get an idea by going to GolfieHomeValue.com. That website again, GolfieHomeValue.com. Com. Rob, how important is it to read the offer for a home you're trying to buy or sell? It is very important, but the problem is, and I probably said this once before, is that um, when you start reading the offer to the client, and you, you, and sometimes I always like to leave the price last, and, and there's a reason for that, and then everybody wants the price, the price, the price, the price. And But uh, a lot of people, as soon as you tell them the price, in their mind, they're not even listening to you after that. <laughs> they're, con- they're thinking about the price, okay? Now, the price, whether it's good, bad, or whatever, they're so focused, their mind is just focused on that. So now you're reading the rest of the contract. And then you're, t- you're asking them, okay, you know, they want the fridge, the stove, they want the, you know, the furniture, they want everything. And you say, are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, they'll say, yeah, that's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, that's fine. And then you're reading the other things and other things throughout the offer, and then it, we do any changes that we need to do. You kind of recommend to them. And then you deal with the price. What happens is after, once the deal's done and secured, they're looking at the, the offer now. Now that, you know, they're happy that it's sold. They go, wow, I didn't say yes to leaving, you know, this item, that item, leaving the <laughs> lawnmower, the riding lawnmower, uh, leaving, you know, uh, the kids, leaving this, leaving that. But, and they look at that and I, and then you're going, well, you did say yes to this. A lot of times we have people initial right beside there. Just say, you initial this, you initial this. But I just, th- this is a good point for realtors to, to learn uh, if they're listening. And li- when you're reading the offer, I always read the price last, but they want to hear the, They want to hear the price first. I get it, but read the price last. And because that's the most important thing, obviously, but you want to make sure they're focused on the conditions and the chattels that are included because if, because they're not thinking of that once they know the price, they're not thinking of it. So important 
read the conditions and chattels and everything else that's in, on the offer, and then you deal with the price because you tell them the price, boom, their mind goes into space, uh, and they're not even listening to you as you're talking. <laughs> so that's just a little bit of a tip for more for realtors when they're giving their uh, giving uh, uh, you know discussing the offer, and also for the homeowner, um, you know, be careful. They, Listen to the whole offer. Don't just listen about the price, and then and then and then your mind is not focused on the rest of the offer. Yeah. So that's just a little tidbit uh, thing, and you know it's, it's it's very important. It's a very important lesson. Did you or someone else learn that lesson the hard way? I ha- uh, well, I know that, and I've known that for many many years, and and sometimes uh, I I had one that was about three earlier this year. It was a it was a great offer. Um, we, the people wanted to move in three days before the, the closing date. And I said to the client, I go, I don't recommend this. Your house is fairly new. Your lawyer is not going to like this, but think about it. Tell me what you want to do. I go, and, and if they didn't take that offer, chances are they would not see that price. Hmm. So they called me back and said, okay, we're going to go with this. We're going to go with this, this offer. And when it hit the lawyer's office, the lawyer says, this is not a good idea, which I told them, Right. And he kind of called me up. I said, I, I, I go, your wife was there. I told you, this is not a great idea to have a homeowners move in first three days before the closing date. Cause if they don't like it, they may not close. If they right. move in, they say, Hey, I didn't know there was a barking dog next door for all day and all night. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know what I mean? I didn't know the, you know, the, the one corner of, of the bedroom is so cold uh, in the wintertime. Like you don't want your clients. You don't want the buyers to move in prior to closing date. I always, always never recommend it. And so when I, I, I told these people, it's not a recommendation, but your house is new. I says, it's up to you, but, but here's the price that here's a great price for your house. And they called me and they said, they'll do it. And I told them that their lawyer is not going to like it. I don't like it. But again, they were focused on the price and they forgot what I was saying. Mm. And so that now I will do that by email. Say, Hey, if, if before, Accepting this offer, this is not my, my, my re- this is not a recommendation of me, but here's the pluses and minuses. I, if it was an older house, I would not have, have had the, uh, the buyers move in earlier. If it was an older house, this house is not even probably 18 months old. So I said, is everything okay in this house? I said, and they said, yeah, absolutely. Are you sure? Because these people are going to move in. If they find any faults on it, <laughs> we're going to hear about it on closing. Yeah. So I says, you got to be positive about this. And they said, no, we're good. It's all good. So, but it, the deal closed, everything went well, but they seemed to forget. But then, then, then his wife said, yeah, I think I did remember Rob kind of saying something. This is not a really a recommendation that he would recommend to close, to have the buyers move in three days before closing. So it's, it's not the way I would do it. I don't recommend it. The only reason this happened is because it was a newer house. Cause if it was an older house, never, ever let the buyers move in three, four days or a week before closing. Cause guess what? They're not going to close because they're going to find problems and you're going to have, and it's going to cost you a lot of money. So be very careful about uh, selling your house and having the uh, buyers move in earlier. It's a good tip. If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team at 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Interesting story in the Hamilton Spectator earlier this week in regards to the Knitting knitting Mills uh, condo project. So this is a project that has been in the works for a number of years.
years now. And there was an individual who is fearful that he's going to lose his condo in this development because it doesn't appear like it's going to go ahead or at least be completed before a, a contract to build this place expires. So this individual put down a deposit of $60,000 in 2016. It was a one-bedroom unit, uh, had a parking spot. At the time, cost just shy of $185,000. Now, the conundrum here is that with this expiration date looming, it sounds like he's going to be asked to rebuy in or buy in again to this condo project. The, the difference is this time around, though, the cost of that unit is going to be way more, like three times as much. Um, have have you noticed uh, these types of projects being more kind of common, or at least these types of issues becoming more problem uh, problematic and common for builders? Absolutely. It, it, it's happened. It even happened at Television City. I know yeah. a lot of people that put uh, a deposit on Television City when they first launched, and then I, I think three, four years later, uh, they gave everybody their deposit back because they re they relaunched it again. And and you know what the problem you know what the problem with these condo developers, they apply they apply to have uh, x amount of uh, stories for the building. So I think this one was they're trying to get a thirty story tower. Now they don't have the uh, approval on that yet, but they're selling it based on that. And so. And that's why from the start, when they do the launch to the time they start digging to the time it closes, sometimes so many years go by. Now, we had uh, through the pandemic, cost of construction went up dramatically. So that's one part of it. But the other part is that they don't even have the full approval. So they're trying to get sales going to show that they can get the financing and everything for this. And and it just takes so long. And the people that are really hurt through this are the people that are buying to move in. Now, the, the investors that get in here, I mean, they're bummed out because they got, they got their deposit back. They weren't moving in. It's not, it's not messing up their life because you know, they still live in a house that they live in. The investor just kind of is a little bit disappointed because he could have bought into other condo developments. But, but again, he's not as upset because it's not changing his life. But it is changing this guy's life that bought it for 184,000. And, and I, and I get it. And, and, and this was a, 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 a deal that, uh, that uh, the Beasley park deal. And I get it. Cost of construction went up. He, the, the, the developer would lose money, but maybe he shouldn't have launched as early as he should have. You know what I mean? Like, like, like do it when you got the full approval. Say, Hey, you got the approval from the, from the city to build a 30 story building or a 25 story building. Guess what? As soon as you sell 70% of it, they can start digging. So if they sell 75% of it or 70% within the first weekend, guess what? They can start, you know, contracting everything out to get start building this project within within a year. But they always they always they're they're always a step ahead of it, which sometimes they don't get the approval right away. They have to, you know, uh, get uh, more zoning of something else. It's just so many different things that are involved, and I, and I think some you know the developers jump the gun too fast and too quickly on on that so it's it's and i know a lot of people got hurt a lot and there's agents in my office bought into television city and they got their deposit back hmm. and now they're reselling it and and now it's not sold out so that project is going to be over a 10-year project maybe longer before you see somebody digging in the ground wow. I, I don't know if you have the answer to this but i've been uh, you know when i read this story i was thinking 
maybe we should force developers to not open, you know, the, the doors to potential investors and those who want to buy a condo until the project is 50% complete. And, and maybe it's close to that number already. I don't know. Uh, your thoughts on that? Have some kind of benchmark for a developer to hit construction-wise before they say, okay, give us your money and, and start investing in this project. They won't do that. Yeah, the banks won't give them the money for that. Yeah. The banks want them sold 70% before uh, they can uh, lend them the money to start digging. Wow. Um, and, and, and I get it, but, but get the approval. Like, get, get, say, hey, we got the approval to build 30 stories. A lot of these guys, they're, they're putting up their uh, condos. They're, they're opening up the sales office, and they don't even have an approval for 30 stories. They're applying for it and they're going to fight it, hmm. you know, with the, uh, uh OMB you know, in, and, uh, and, and, you know, but, they're, but they're selling them. So if they don't get it, they'll say, Hey, sorry guys, you know, uh, we only got 25 stories. So the guy that bought on the 30th story is going to, uh, that his, his condo that he buys is going to be the 25th story. Cause he obviously bought the top, the top level. So everything gets pushed down. So, um, and everybody always goes high, right? Everybody wants to buy high. Then, and then the, the guys on the bottom, they just get readjusted and re, repositioned and everything. But the contracts are made for the developers. That's it. Like, the, yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the buyer, the consumer has got no chance. I mean, either they, if, if you don't accept it, they're going to say, well, go someplace else. So you kinda, you're kind of stuck. You've got no choice, you know? And, and, and I feel for this guy. This guy put his life on hold, banking that he's going to get that condo, and, and, and look at it now he's got, so basically he lost out big time because now he didn't own any real estate in Hamilton because he was waiting for this because he moved out uh, to the East coast waiting for this thing to get done. And then finds out later that, Hey, we're giving your deposit back because one cost of construction went up and the, the, the project is not going to be developed. So he basically, if he did buy something else at that time, probably he'd probably have a, a net worth of more money. Like you'd have a, you know, more, money in his pocket or, or at least have some equity on some property someplace else. Yeah, tough scenario for that individual for sure. Let's uh, move on to another interesting study. This was done by pointtohomes.com and they looked at how much square footage you could get for $300,000. So according to the data, Windsor, Ontario offers home buyers the most space with the lowest price tag. For $300,000, you can get 980 square feet. So think of it as for every $300,000 you spend, you get 980 square feet. That, that is at least in Windsor. Uh, London's second on the list, and there's a huge drop-off. That, that goes to 658 square feet. Ottawa's third, Barrie fourth, Cambridge fifth. Hamilton is sixth. So for every $300,000 $300, you spend, you get about 549 square feet. Um, it, it's interesting to note because a lot of the, you know, the, the, the headlines are about how high home prices are in Hamilton, but you're still getting a lot for your dollar. Not bad, but I think it's a little off, though. I, really? like, I, I'm, I'm curious to find out when they did this, but, but Hamilton is still affordable. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll tell you, there was a, a one for sale in the Robinson Street uh, condos, which is a fairly newer condo building. There are two towers there uh, in Hamilton. And I was keeping an eye on one. I, I, I wanted to check it. And I saw one for about $450,000 in there. And I said, and I told, I told my son, I said, that's a good buy. I said, you know, the, and, and I looked at the history. These guys just bought this. Uh, a year ago, and, and, and it looks like they're not looking to make a profit. They just want to get out. Obviously, something in their life changed, and they're just, they put it up for sale just to, to move out. 
Um, there are affordable condos in Hamilton. There's no doubt about it. But I think, I think uh, the 549 square feet. I think it might be a little high. Like, uh, uh, but it, you know, I mean, like, I don't know how they got these numbers from, but it's. Uh, I, I think it's less than that. 549 square feet. <laughs> to tell you the truth, maybe that's the low. That's the smallest condo you can get. That's maybe. why they put that number there. Maybe Oshawa is seventh. Ajax eighth. Whitby ninth. St. Catharines is tenth. Burlington is an eighteenth, and Toronto is last on the list at twenty-first. Uh, in terms of bang for your buck, BC, which is not a big surprise, is last among the Canadian provinces, and Quebec is number one in terms of offering the most bang for your Canadian buck. So there's a list of um, tidbit of info that you can test your family member or friend on when you're at the uh, water cooler, or maybe you're looking and investing in a home and uh, thinking about square footage and the average cost and that like. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about um, 44% of Canadians are planning, according to a reporter, planning to hit pause when it comes to buying property this year, and interest rates are to blame. That and more still ahead here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call the number one Remax team in Hamilton. That's the Golfy team, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling the first ever real estate team in this city to sell 1,000 homes in a year, 905-575-7700. They're all over social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. Give them a follow and Check them out online at robgolfi.com. The hottest listings in town at robgolfi.com. Interesting story in terms of interest rates. We know they've gone up and, and word is they're going to continue to go up because of, well, the uh, a number of different factors from uh, inflation to the war in Ukraine, yada, yada, yada. 44% of Canadians, according to this report, are planning to hit the pause button on buying a property this year due to higher interest rates. This should not come as a big surprise, right? It isn't a big surprise, but I'm going to tell you, I would be very careful on uh, waiting till the new year. I do feel that the market's going to pick up in, in the new year. So as a buyer, I probably be, would really, really aggressively look for a house right now because that same house in the new year will probably be worth more money. And uh, we've adjusted ourselves. The prices have come down. They flatline from uh, from. Uh, August, September to from August to September, like they they, they kind of balanced out. Uh, um, you know, we're almost halfway through the month right now. I know sales are are even lower than they were even the previous month. Uh, just people are people are sitting back, sitting back. That that you have to do the opposite what everybody's doing. That's when you that's when you buy. Uh, there are some good deals out there. People are negotiating. It's it's and it's it's, it's there are deals out there now. 
on some deals now, what I'm doing I'm on uh, one property that I uh, had my uh, renewal for the mortgage, I signed a five-year, uh, five-year. So some of them I'm signing on five years and some of them I'm doing variable because it's going to balance out. So I don't know, like I'm rolling the dice here. Like I, 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 I truly feel that I think interest rates are still good, uh, even though they're not good, co- good compared to what we were in COVID. But I still think they are more going to a normal level of, of interest rates now. And that's why I locked in on a five-year rate. Cause I know I'm going to keep the properties that long and some of them I'm, I'm keeping. So there's a balance of both. So it's hard to tell, but I, I truly feel if you are a buyer, start looking now, work on a deal, get a deal going because in the new year, you're going to see all these buyers that are sitting around. They're going to be anxious. Okay. Now's the time to get in. And guess what? They all come in at the same time <laughs> and now they're competing against each other. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of showings happening. So I would be very, very careful, uh, and, uh, not wait till the new year. Cause I truly feel the market will change, uh, to, uh, for the better of the seller in the new year versus now. So this was a Leger survey commissioned by Remax, and again, 44% of Canadians they found say they're deciding to hit pause on buying a property because of higher interest rates, although 34% said they're going to push on regardless. And of interest, uh, this report is looking at Oakville and Muskoka, which are forecast for price growth in this Remax survey. That, that's very interesting. Yeah, well, that's where the wealthy is, right? Uh, <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah. The Muskoka's, <laughs> you know, like you're looking at uh, average price in Oak, Oakville is probably over 1.2 million or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and, uh, and the Muskoka's, you know, the same thing. I mean, it, it's very expensive out there. And uh, actually, the average sale price in, uh, is 1.5 million in Oakville. So, and who knows what Muskoka's is? I, I, you know, I, I don't know the numbers out there, but again, the higher the the higher end people are uh, are are pushing and, and buying, and they've got the money to do so. So, um, but again, where Hamilton is, or even Niagara, where you got a mix of everybody, uh, things are, are are a little a little slower than than probably those markets in, uh, because they're lower end markets. This report also pointing to the possibility, or at least the opportunity, of greater investment opportunities for buyers, particularly in Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, and more specifically in the condo sector. Are we seeing more investors saying, hmm, you know what, it's kind of quiet, we can pick and choose what we want, and they're jumping into the game regardless of what the interest rate is at? Absolutely. I I, I totally believe in that. I, I I would jump in myself. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at real estate every single day and there's some good deals coming out there. I mean, let's say if you see a house that's worth, you know, they're listed at 850,000, there's a chance that they may take 800 for it. And, uh, it's hard to tell like the buyers they're they, they, they're holding the cards right now, uh, quite often. And there's a lot of sellers out there. They, uh, missed the tail end. We had one, one, uh, seller, they had two offers when we first listed and they rejected both of them. Now the house is listed below what those two offers are. Hmm. So talk about regrets, right? Like they, they, you know, like they, they thought they, their house was worth a lot more and they said, no, no, no. And now they're going, whoa, we didn't expect this to happen. So you got to be very, very careful out there. Uh, but right now, buyers, I'm telling you, get out there. There's deals. Jump on it. We're going to jump on another topic. When we come back, we're going to talk about secondary home bylaw suites and how it's uh, going to be a success for many people, including a couple out in Stony Creek. You're listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML.
You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Let's go around here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative. Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfie Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home, you got to call Hamilton's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700 is the number to call the golfy team that's 905-575-7700 online robgolfy.com that's rob g-o-l-f-i.com um, there's a bylaw in terms of secondary homes for, for lack of a better term how, how does this work and can this be an answer to some of our affordable housing woes or, or the rental crisis we're seeing Yes, um, there's a, a family or a couple in Stony Creek. They're building a secondary home on their property. And, um, and it's obviously the, the lot is big enough because they, they need to be 1.5 meters all the way around from any existing properties around them. So they're building a structure for, I guess, their, I guess their son or daughter-in-law or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they're excited about it. And I think it's, it's a great thing. Um, the only thing is that... Uh, is uh, Hamilton doesn't uh, have any bylaws as parking. So whatever existing parking you have, you have. Now, I know in Burlington, they do have a, a parking bylaw. So people downtown Burlington that want to do this, they can't do it because there's not enough parking. And uh, so it's just, I think it's a great thing. You know, now you have a granny flat in the back of your house. You can use it as a rental once the kids move away. Or, yeah, it's a great income. Uh, to have. So if you got a, a large enough property and it works, I go for it. But I mean, you lose a little of your privacy in your backyard, obviously, if, if you have a, somebody renting it, uh, a, a flat, like a, a, an apartment in the back, a, a, a separate structure, because, uh, you know, obviously it's in the backyard. But if it's family, that's awesome. I think it's a, it's a great thing and, and it's offering more housing. So, and that's what we need and they got to do something. So this is the start of something that's probably going to be more and more of in the coming future. Yeah, I can see this catching fire, especially from, you know, the the parents, uh, children aspect, you know, kids want to move out of the home, but I think they're comfortable in staying somewhat close to mom and dad, because if they need something, they're not that far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're probably going to go over for dinner every night, which is a great thing. <laughs> yeah, save on food right there. They, they save on food, but you know what? It's um, and the, the one there was a contractor that said it could cost up to between two to six hundred dollars a square foot. Hmm. So now if they're building a like a like let's say a, a five hundred square foot uh, pad in the back or six hundred square foot pad. Um, they it's not that it's not that much. It depends if they want to go with the a, a basement with it or not. And I I to me if I was building one I I wouldn't worry about a basement. Just build a nice 
uh, flat in the backyard that uh, that's big enough that, that you could put one bedroom with a small kitchen and stuff like that. I, I think a lot of those will do very well and it's inexpensive to build. And, um, and you know, and then you, you, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I mean, you're going to see more and more of these coming up and this is just the beginning and they're and and the Ontario government is allowing it and Hamilton is allowing it. So, so it's a great thing. So this couple is, uh, yeah, is excited. They're, you know, they're in the newspaper about it, mm-hmm. about it, which is fantastic. Do you foresee developers, especially when they are, you know, developing new new lands or new suburbs, to build homes a little bit smaller going forward? They could stuff in more homes. They could, you know, touch on that affordable housing bracket as well with, a, you know, a portion of their development geared to that. Can you see homes getting smaller as the years go on? I, I, I probably I see that, but I also see that there's a, an opportunity for developers here now to make lots bigger with a secondary structure in the back. Right. They say, hey, if you want a house uh, with no structure in the back, your lot is going to be 30 wide, right? With yeah. a single ha- family home on there. But now if you want a secondary structure, you might have a 50 foot wide lot, maybe a little deeper lot. And there's a secondary structure. Obviously, it's going to be a lot more money. It's more profitable for the builder to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's not losing. So he's basically getting one and a half house on a single property with, you know, and then you get to have a wider lot because it's going to have more parking room and stuff like that. So there's, you're going to see a lot more changes in, uh, in a developer. But in a developers, obviously, they try to squeeze as much as they can in, in, in the smallest space they can. But now, it, now, if they can, if they can handle ha- having a secondary structure on there, uh, they may have to go a little wider in the lot, but their the, the margins are going to be better probably if they can put a secondary uh, unit on there, just a small secondary. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this develops, and, and you know, it touches on different age demographics as well. We talked about you know kids living in this secondary home, but you mentioned granny flats as well. If you have an aging parent or if it's a multi generational household, there you you have an out you have another option. Absolutely, I I, I think. You know, there, there should be a way to put uh, like, 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 like my dad passed away about a month and a half ago. And uh, for my mom, this would be perfect. She would have her own one floor flat yeah. and, and she's close to family and stuff like that. That'd be perfect for her to have her own space, private and stuff like that. But it, uh, but yeah, I think it's going to become more and more popular. And, and this might be a, an opportunity for builders or investors to buy houses and then build a flat and then resell them after yeah should be interesting to see we'll continue to follow this uh, development along that is for sure here on the golfy real estate show hamilton edition we are back next saturday at nine on 900 chml the proceeding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 chml